Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Kindled Podcast is brought to you by the generous support of our donors. If you want to join them in making this show possible, visit kindledpodcast.com slash give. Welcome back to another episode of Kindled Podcast, a show about work, motherhood, and the grace we need for both. I'm your host, Haley Williams. Join me as I talk with women just like you. They are entrepreneurs, corporate employees, stay-at-home moms, and everything in between. We chat about work, mom life, and how God's grace is transforming us through our unique and beautiful stories. Love for God and perseverance for our assignments is kindled in our hearts as we look to Him and preach the gospel to ourselves and each other. We are making and being made. Come join us. Hello, Kindled listeners. This is Haley Williams, and you're listening to episode 60 with Bethany Thompson. Today, I am talking with Bethany about apathy versus anxiety when it comes to nutrition and how we fuel our bodies. This topic is an interesting one and a hard one for me because I, like many of you, find myself kind of waffling between the two ditches on either side of the road to wholeness and healthy living. So this conversation with Bethany is, you know, a lot of my own struggles and challenges and the questions that I have that come up for me regularly. So I think you'll find it to be really down to earth and very real world. Bethany is an integrative and functional dietitian and a food sensitivity specialist by trade. And many of her clients are struggling with autoimmune conditions, GI issues, and other concerns. And Bethany just loves helping women find solutions to chronic health concerns while trusting the Lord for ultimate healing and one day resurrection bodies. I think that's an interesting piece to be reminded of because these bodies are not our forever home. Before I jump into the conversation I had with Bethany, I just want to remind you, I would love for you to leave a rating and review on Kindled if you have not done that yet. It helps the show get found by other moms and women like you. So hop on over to the podcast app and you can leave a star rating and some words submitted as a review. I will be forever so grateful for you doing that. Thank you. One other small announcement that I would like to make. I made this announcement on Instagram already, but my husband and I are expecting baby number three and it is another girl, or at least we think it is. I'll talk to you more about that in a second, but yeah, I'm due November 4th and the girls are just both ecstatic, really excited. Uh, Juliet, my second born actually did want a brother. And so she's been a little disappointed and asking me, why is the baby not a boy? And we're talking through, well, we don't get to choose the gender of our baby. God decides, and he decided to give you a little sister. So we're talking about the benefits of that and how this baby is going to look up to her the same way she looks up to her big sister. And, you know, I actually have three sisters myself. So I came from a family of four girls and one boy, and I'm the oldest, So like sisters are a very familiar and um, really fun thing for me still as an adult, which adds to just the excitement that my daughters will get to experience like some, some bit of what I had growing up. So 
We are very happy. I'm 13 weeks Monday, the day this airs. And so I'm feeling better, feeling more normal and have more energy. I've just been wiped and just really tired and nauseous. Don't ever throw up when I'm pregnant, so I can't complain as much as some of you out there who get extremely sick or have hyperemesis. I just feel nauseous all day, but I'm on the tail end of that, so I'm feeling a lot better. And yeah, thank you to those of you that just said such kind words and well wishes on Instagram when I announced that last week. Oh yeah, so I wanted to tell you about the gender test we did. This is not an ad, I just wanted to tell you about it. It's called Sneak Peek. And so it's this at-home test that you buy online and they mail to you. And you basically prick your finger with like one of those little Lance things like you would use if you had, um, you know, diabetes and you had to test your blood sugar. So you prick your finger with that. You have to drip like so much blood into this little test tube vial thing and you mail it in and they look for Y chromosomes. So since you're a woman, if there are no Y chromosomes present in the blood, since you know the baby's blood gets mixed in with yours when you're pregnant, then they are they determine if there's no Y chromosomes that it is a girl. And so that is what I did. That is why I'm saying it's a girl. So presumably it is a girl. Now we'll see in seven weeks at the 20-week sonogram if it really is a girl. I do think it is. Most of the tests, most reviews of the test are that it was accurate. So we'll see, but it is interesting. That's just what they're testing for the Y chromosome. So on the off chance that for some reason there wasn't a Y chromosome in the, you know, blood that I put into the vial, I guess it could be wrong, but we will find out. We'll have to wait and see. So either way, we'll be so happy. But I just thought that was interesting that that was an option. I had no idea that was even available with my first two girls. I don't even know. It might be newer, but it's interesting that you can now find out your gender from the the comfort of your own home. And I paid for the rush, so it was like so that there's two options, $79 or 150. And the 150, I shipped it on a Wednesday. The very next day on Thursday at like 4 p.m., I got noticed that they had received it and it was in processing and like 2 hours later I got my email that told me that it was a girl. So it was incredibly fast. It was crazy because they give you this like express shipping envelope. Anyways, this is not an ad. Again, I am not getting paid to tell you about this. I just thought it was very interesting. For those of you who are looking for gender testing options that are cheaper than maybe through your OB or whatever um, lab they, you know, refer you out to. So, okay. Now on to my conversation with Bethany. Bethany, thank you so much for being here. I'm delighted. One reason that I'm really excited to talk to you today is because we as women and as humans have to eat, but we Mm -hmm. don't always know how to eat. And there can be a lot of legalism and uh, judgment or voices from our past or our upbringing, our childhood that we don't even realize are there until we are making decisions as adults and we are in habits and we have established these things that we didn't even realize were habits. And um, we can start to feel like we're a little bit in a prison. Um, or maybe that's just me, but anyways, (laughs) I, um, yeah, I'm excited to talk with you. So I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are and what you do. Yes. Well, I'm Bethany Thompson. I am wife to my, I call him my farmer named Rob. We've been married for 11 years now and we just celebrated our 12th year of meeting each other this earlier this month. Um, so we always celebrate on February 15th. And we have four little children, and my oldest son 
was not yet five when my youngest was born. So we have three boys and a girl. Um, now they're 10, nine, seven, and five. And we live on a little farm in the city, as I like to say it, outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And we raise hair sheep and donkeys and all manner of wildlife like skunks and foxes and things like that come around too. We have uh, quite the adventure going on. I was not raised on a farm or really have don't have any experience with animals at all. So there's been a little bit of a new venture for us. Yeah. But we, it's um, fun. It is. It's been fun. So you guys are outside Nashville. Do you go, are you close enough to go into the city a lot? Oh yes. Yeah. So we're about 20, okay. 25 minutes oh, away. Okay. So we're in one of the bedroom communities of Nashville. Okay. I am headed there tomorrow. As I told oh, you, fun. To see my yes. best friend who is pregnant and uh, her husband is actually in the army. So they're, he's stationed oh. in Clarksville. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's so, a good area to be. I I really enjoy being in the Nashville area and yeah. the weather and the people. So yeah, I'm thankful to be here. I grew up in Georgia actually, so I'm a, I'm a transplant, but I'll claim it as home now. Yeah, it's um, a great place. So tell me a little bit about your work and the work that you do. Yes, well, I have training in my undergraduate in nutrition and dietetics and master's level courses in clinical nutrition. And so, as a diet, I'm a registered dietitian, and as a registered dietitian, you are required to go through a certain number of supervised clinical hours. So I have fifteen hundred plus hours from Vanderbilt University Medical Center, where I was trained by the leading dietitians in the country. And then I went on from there to practice at, at Vanderbilt in the Children's Hospital with children who have BPD and cystic fibrosis and um, cardiac surgeries, things like that. So really intense nutrition therapy for them. Really loved my time there, but I had no desire to ever be a career woman. And I always thought that once I had children, I would just stay home mm-hmm. forever. And really, mm-hmm. I let my license um, retire, and I thought I would have nothing to do with it. Um, mm-hmm. So after I had children, I started I had was a dietitian, but I wouldn't say that I necessarily had the most stellar eating mindset at all. I was really eating to avoid versus eating to nourish. So avoiding calories, avoiding cholesterol and uh, fat and those types of things that were prevalent in, in that day and time um, for a health mindset. And just wanted to avoid gaining unnecessary weight and those types of things. And I really didn't think much more about the impact of food upon my body as an individual. Um, but I, in between my third and fourth child, I just really discovered some new ways of cooking. I kind of threw out all my processed foods and started making everything from scratch and threw myself wholeheartedly into this more of a natural lifestyle. And um, my husband and I had to have some talks for a while about the fact that it was tending to, even though it were good things, but take over my thoughts in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to even trust in some of that, I believe, because we had some health questions in our family I was trying to answer, but I was becoming obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. So as much as I delighted in it, it was, it was also becoming an idol for me. Okay. Um, but I um, went for, a, so I had my fourth child. And after that, um, I'll tell a little bit more of that story. But my husband was starting to realize that maybe, you know, Bethany, you might need an outlet for yourself um, to continue to develop your mind and have an outlet for creativity and something different besides just taking care of children. And I was starting to homeschool them at the time, but he recognized what I didn't, which I'm so thankful for. And he encouraged me to start a food blog. Mm. And so that's how I first launched my business was with a food blog, which is called A Spoonful of Yum. 
Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to share some wholesome recipes for people um, who were making things from scratch, things that our family enjoyed and they were easy and to help women um, find that wholesome didn't have to come with all the hassle. Mm-hmm. And it could be fun and tasty. So I enjoyed that for a while. Then I started getting input and messages from people of, hey, Bethany, I would really love to talk with you about my diabetes or I'm needing weight loss here. I'm needing some meal plans specific to me. And the more I started looking into that, I realized, well, in the state of Tennessee, you cannot practice as a nutrition coach, a nutritionist. You can't do any type of diet therapy at all for people mm-hmm. unless you're licensed. So I actually had to go back and go take my entire board exam again and get oh relicensed and that type of thing. But this time I had, a lot of incentive and it did not take me very long to take the test. And I was again, a registered dietitian and keeping up my credit hours, but I was trying to find some answers for my family and for um, some close friends. And so I started digging because I felt like I didn't have as many tools in my toolbox as I really wanted to have to help them. So I kind of stumbled across this group of like-minded dietitians um, who practice what we call integrative and functional nutrition, which is a little bit of a different lens than I had practiced before when I was in the hospital. Um, it's a different perspective on health and healing. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited because it started to really jive with what I was already practicing in my life. I kind of felt like I was a, a closet dietitian and the fact that I would, my family would drink whole milk and we were eating whole grains and I was going all natural and I was really different from what I had known and heard when I was first starting out my career as a dietitian. So when I found these, these women and um, some men too, started talking and learning more and doing some continuing education, I realized, oh my goodness, there's a whole new world out here that I didn't even know about and ways to help these clients and find answers to the root causes of their health conditions versus just to kind of put a bandaid on it. Mm-hmm. So I just jumped in the deep end again, um, like I tend to do with things and started feeling like I was drinking from a fire hydrant. Um, but I opened a private practice and I launched in-grain nutrition therapy almost three years ago now and slowly but surely have started to work with um, clients one-on-one in private practice, which I've been doing for quite a while now. And I really enjoy, I focus on women and women's health and the issues that women have, whether autoimmune conditions, gastrointestinal things, um, conditions that are going on, mm-hmm. a lot of hormonal imbalances and infertility, miscarriage, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, so, so much of that really ties into the gut and nutritional status. Um, I think everything starts in our, our GI tract and so much of our health is affected by our nutritional status. It's a great place to start. And a lot of the women who come to me are just looking for answers. They're confused and they've heard so many different messages that seem to be conflicting that when right. I can lay things out that are just um, simple for them mm-hmm. and find what works, help them find what works best for their body, it's a relief and they start to, to find answers. So it's That's awesome. Yeah. It's the best career I could ever imagine. <laughs> well, you're, yeah, I mean, you're hitting on so many notes that, you know, uh, speak to so many of us that it is confusing because there are, and have always been very many con- various messages, conflicting messages. You know, when I was growing up, it was fat free. That was yes. what you were going for. And now keto is in. And so it's right. like, it, there's, there's nothing new under the sun. As long as mankind has been around, we've been trying to find a solution to our problems and we have various different solutions uh, Mm -hmm. to those problems, whether it is, you know, oh, it's your health or, oh, it's the way you're eating or, oh, it's what you do with your time or, oh, it's who who you spend your time with. Oh, it's the religion. It's the, you know, we all, we have so many solutions as humans, like I'm speaking secularly and, but it's the same in the, in the world of food that like, 
there are so many right ways to do it that it just leaves your head kind of spinning. And you can even be living according to multiple philosophies at once. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, that's what I feel in myself is that I'm like, well, yeah, you know, I, I see people having success on keto and whether that's meaning like, you know, weight loss or like my father-in-law has to get his cholesterol down or his, um, mm-hmm. his blood pressure or heart rate, whatever he was off his blood pressure meds when he started eating keto and various different, you know, anecdotal stories You're like, okay, like I'm going to do that. And, and then at the same point, I'm like, but I still really like dessert and chocolate chip cookies. So I'm going to grab this at the bakery when I get my salad and I'm going to get one to my kids and I'm going to have the other one. You know, it's yes. like at yes. the very same moment that I'm like, that's really awesome. Good for you. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to keep doing this. Or, you know, I, I want to take certain aspects of, of one plan and then not others. And I guess it, I just am... I feel very like uh, schizophrenic, I think, when it comes to like how I'm supposed to eat or picking up on even trends that I might like, like the whole celery juice thing. Like I did that for a while. Uh It didn't change my life. It was better. I mean, there were things that I did feel like it helped, but at the same point, I'm just like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm just, I question a lot. And so question, I mean, probably I just need to talk to you on a personal level and and not make everybody listen to my health concerns on this podcast. (laughs) But, but it's just interesting, like that you found a niche amongst all of this confusion, because there are a lot of people who are experts telling us how we should be eating and they're saying opposite things. And yes, that's hard to deal. It's hard to, uh, to make sense of that, especially as busy moms, you know, it's like, I frankly don't have time to research every single one of these, you know, studies or this or that reason that somebody's saying I need to do this. And so it's just, you know, what do I end up with? Well, whatever I can muster the energy for that day, you know, and, and that's, so I don't even know where I'm going with this. I just feel like I think we are looking for an expert though. I think you're right. So we want, and I was even wanting to find that one person that I could model my practice after Mm -hmm. I wanted to be, to find the person. Um, We do that with our spiritual world too. We want to find that one person that we can grasp all their teaching. And then we finally got it all together versus, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm living with, it's okay to live with questions sometimes. And and with nutrition different from spirituality, we do have to kind of find our own path with something. Mm-hmm. Even there are some right. good basic principles. Um, some of it is individual right. in our, right. and we can't find the answers. But yeah. I think you are speaking yeah. and you're giving voice to many, many women whom I've talked to out there. When we have a, our first like discovery call together, I hear that so many times. So you are certainly not alone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, it's good to know. And it's good to know people like you are stepping into that awkward space of like, how do you, you know, how do you help someone when there isn't a black and white, like when there are better or there's good, better and best for each of us probably. And, Mm -hmm. and working through that on an individual basis is so much more difficult than just being like blanket statement all the time. This is bad. This is good. You know? And so many of us want to go there and be like, well, I need to be gluten-free because everyone else is gluten-free. Well, do you, is that best for you or is that not best for you? You know, and how do you know? And how do you, how can you even tell if that's the cause of your heartburn? I'm speaking again for myself. So, um, I do use a lot of, I utilize (laughs) tests as tools in my practice. And so I do very much more in-depth testing than someone would ever get in a doctor's office and what we call more of a functional approach. So that would include blood testing, stool testing, metabolism testing, 
urine testing for hormones, some of those types of things that help us take a deeper dive, even some genetic testing if needed to see where can we tweak this for you and what does it look like for you on an individual basis. And then, but then we still have to take those tests and apply it to your real life. Mm-hmm. We can't just take the test like an x-ray and, well, I've got the test so I can go heal my broken bone, but we have to have the expertise to apply that to your situation as well. So wow. it is a bit of an art and science combined. Yeah, that's really cool. So I'm really excited to get into all of this health chat. But my next question that I I like to ask at the beginning of every interview is, so you told us what your motherhood and your work looks like. Where are you seeing God's grace in your life right now? I love that you asked that question because sometimes we need to step back and think, how is the Lord working? So where I see that in my life is that the Lord is bringing me into greater and deeper community with women around me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have struggled for probably all my life to know how to connect on a deep level with women. I tend to be, um, I'm an introverted personality, kind of live in my, in my thoughts sometimes, but there's also a lot of fear there for me of if they knew me on the inside, they would judge me. Mm-hmm. And I tend to judge them as well um, and without knowing them. So I'm really thankful and we're in a new church environment. And for some women, I'll even gather with this evening to discuss the book of Ruth. And that is something the Lord has been um, telling me through my husband for a long time. He's really encouraged me in this area, but it's been a hard step. So I've had some people who've spoken into my life uh, from a counseling standpoint and really helped me work through some things. And mm-hmm. it's just feels like I'm, I'm just waking up in many ways. I'm, I'm, I'm coming alive and it's still, it's still a journey and something the Lord's moving in my heart, but I am thankful for that. I'm growing in confidence in myself and it's kind of hard to say to people I don't even know, but he's had to also remind me of who I am in Christ. And that gives me confidence to speak out without fear. And I just see also in in the middle of all this, a deepening relationship with my husband and learning how to accept love and to be loved by him and, and by God. So um, it sounds like God's given him a really cool, unique role, even in your development as a professional and, and identifying your passion and, and really what you're like meant to be doing, which is, I always love when spouses get to play a big role in each other. I mean, we, we do play a role in each other's Mm -hmm. life no matter what, but especially in just identifying and pointing out, like, I see this in you because they are the closest to us and they, they should, but we don't always take the time to, to really look at each other, you know, deeper than, you know, just how was your day? What's for dinner? That kind of stuff. So it's, it's really neat when that's a part of our stories. I love that. Yes. He's one of the greatest graces in my life. Yeah. That's really cool. So what is your, you've, you mentioned a little bit of it, but what is kind of your story with health? What's, what's your why in wanting to help women get to the root of their health concerns and build health naturally? Yeah. So I started out, um, with an interest in nutrition, a very early age, I started cooking for my family, all the meals. I was a very young teenager, maybe not even a teenager. And I started checking out books from the library about what health looked like and just devoured those. And that was like you mentioned, that was low fat craze. And so mm-hmm. I would pride myself on getting no more than five grams of fat a day in. I really saw that as something to be avoided. And I think the Lord probably rescued me from the brink of um, disordered eating. Um, I already had some of those patterns, but really brought me back from full, full-blown anorexia wow. when I was a young teenager. But still, I kind of had this mentality about food, as I've already said before, that it was something to be avoided. Um, and I started to learn more in my nutrition and dietetic studies about 
the power of food and what it did for our bodies. And I started to enjoy it more really in cooking. But it, as I mentioned, I had four children in less than five years. And so the way that I was taking care of my body, by the time I got to my f- fourth child, um, my resources were so depleted because I had not been nourishing myself enough. Uh, I was making everything from scratch even, but I think the demands of stress upon my body with taking care of so many children really just was, it was a blow to my health. So I ended up with, I had prediabetes. Mm-hmm. I had a shortness of breath that I could not figure out. Um, I went to some of the top doctors at Vanderbilt, couldn't figure out why I was so short of breath. Um, I had no energy. I had to have a nap every single day, and I was irritable if I didn't have at least eight, eight and a half hours of sleep at night time. Um, I had all that's kinds hard of- to do with that many kids, right? Yes, yes. You I was have to just go to bed I at the same just, time as them. Yes, I was just moody and irritable. I feel like I was always snapping at my children. Let's see, it's like stubborn weight loss, so around the around the middle where we don't want to gain weight and that type of thing. My hair was falling out and. I was just a mess. Um, my cycle was all off. I was thinking, am I going to go through menopause early? And what's mm-hmm. happening with this? And um, even doctors I went to did not have answers, even more of a natural doctor. So I thought it's time for me to start digging and mm-hmm. seeing what's going on. So I started kind of put myself through my the, own, the same program that I use for my clients. That's kind of I first piloted it because I don't think I should ever do anything that I'm or recommend anything that I'm not willing to do myself. Mm-hmm. So I did some more in-depth testing with food sensitivities, with nutrient levels of all types of different vitamins and minerals and amino acids, things like that. Um, I did some GI testing and slowly but surely started to dig myself out of a hole with a teaspoon, it seemed like. But um, (laughs) major changes within the first two, three weeks once I started really recognizing there were some certain foods that were triggering my symptoms. They were kind of unusual. But once I found the food plan that worked for me and was the most calming for my body, that was the, the biggest jolt I think of energy and he gained some traction with health. And then I've still had to, to go from there and continue to build on layers, but I'm such in different shape now than I had been. It doesn't yeah. mean that I'm at my ideal weight and I've, um, I'm buff and I work out all the time, but it means that I have so much more energy. I don't need a nap every day. That's why I can talk to you at two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm so much calmer with my children and have the energy to serve and to even just think clearly. I had so much brain fog. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm more able to be more creative now and, and have the energy to, to give to other people instead of just kind of barely staying afloat. Something that is that you and I kind of talked about before this, um, before we sat down today, was this idea of apathy versus anxiety. And I would love to talk for a little bit about that and and what that means to you, because I think that 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 tug of war in culture when it comes to how we eat or what our diet is or how we feed ourselves, we tend towards one extreme or the other. You know, it's like those are the ditches on each side of healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Either I'm apathetic or I have intense control, you know, motivated anxiety over what I'm eating. So can you kind of talk about why we're seeing that and, and what that really means for us? Yes, that's, it's a hard and a deep question. And where I want us to come back to is what, what is it really like to live from a place of rest and our health versus either extreme? So I'm going to first deal with the more anxiety piece of things. And I think we've already hit on this. You mentioned the word idolatry because our health often can become a form of idolatry. Mm-hmm. When we are 
seeing our body as something that we worship and good health even becomes our ultimate goal. And so even women who are struggling or may not be struggling with the full extreme of um, orthexia, which is kind of a new diagnosis, even with eating disorders where we are just so focused on the healthy, we can't, we can't eat anything that's not like quote unquote healthy, Mm -hmm. but even if we're not that extreme can look to our bodies as the source of our strength and where we're going to find our, our answers. We're not comfortable if we're not perfect in our bodies. Um, And even to the point where I see women who are um, posting pictures on Facebook and their skimpy workout clothes and just to motivate other people, Mm. it kind of makes me sad because that's like, what are we, what are we elevating here? Is it ourselves or is it the fact that we have strength, strength in our bodies in order to serve other people. So I think it's where our bodies become an end in themselves instead of making them stronger and healthier in order to pour out in love and service to others. We make them stronger and healthier and and better looking in order to lift them up for other people to admire us. Mm-hmm. And I, and this is kind of going extreme, but it hit, it hit me one time as I was reading um, someone who said that men lust after women, but women lust to be lusted after. Mm, And I've seen that in my own life. Um, So I want not only maybe men, but also other women to look at me and to admire me. Um, That's why we say say as women, we're not dressing for men. We're dressing for other women, right? Yes. Yes. Like my husband can barely tell when I have makeup on. Like, (laughs) I'm like, oh, do you see a difference? Like, uh, I like you better without it on. Right. He does not. I mean, like he's obviously grown to know what to look for when I ask him things like that. Like, (laughs) oh, what just happened? You know, he, he's like, okay, this is a trick question, but but yeah, (laughs) absolutely. We're, we're totally like, do our husbands have the latest trends and fashion knowledge? No, but other right. women do. And so we want yes. to, we want to keep up. We want to be seen as relevant and cute and stylish and all of those things. I want their, you know, I want their approval so much. Yeah. So I think that's what, that's one way. And then if we go on the side of apathy, it can be the fact that we don't, again, recognize our bodies as tools and as good gifts from the father who who made us and who created us uniquely in his image that he gave us bodies. He didn't just make us spirits. And so we are responsible to be stewards of that, to nurture and to take care of our bodies tenderly. Mm-hmm. And I think about even one of those tender scenes to me of Jesus on earth is when he fed his disciples fish and bread mm-hmm. at the seaside after he had been resurrected. And um, that to me just means that he cares so much for their body. The fact that they had been all night out fishing and they would need something to eat. So taking care of ourselves is not a bad thing. We are not of um, the Gnostic sort of people from um, centuries ago who thought that everything physical is bad and everything spiritual is good, but we are whole people. And so taking care of our bodies is a way that we worship God. Mm -hmm. And um, there's an article by John Piper that he wrote back in the late 80s, but he talks about how to drink orange juice to the glory of God. And how we um, humbly respond to the Lord and receive food with thanksgiving. And that we also, that's one way we worship. And the the other way we worship is to drink lovingly Mm -hmm. so that we are able to bless other people. I don't insist on the the biggest helping or being first. And um, I think about that and, and with women, Sometimes our focus on health might mean that, well, that woman doesn't eat organic food, so I'm not going to go over to their house, or I can't eat what she brought into Sunday school and encourage her 
with her baking skills because um, that has gluten in it. And I'm just staying away from gluten um, just for like no really real reason. So there's some things that are going to prevent us and our health from partaking of other people's celebrations. But I think it's the attitude with with which we go about it. Um, But it can be that we just, we do kind of give up to thinking, well, what's the point? I never make any changes. I'm never going to get to that perfect. So I might as well not even try. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's real. We just give up. Yeah. I mean, that's a super familiar, you know, battle for me because I, I do feel like, you know, I'm a pretty black and white thinker. So it's really hard for me to maintain like attention um, between these two sides. Like I mm-hmm. tend towards, I either need these really strict rules and I'm doing whole 30 and this is all I can have. And I can't have, that's all bad. And this is all good mm-hmm. and, and making things moral or like, either I have to eat all this way or all that way. And the alternative to, for me, for not the, not having the the strict rules that guide how I eat Mm -hmm. is just, there are no rules. And now anything goes and, you know, life is too short, eat the cake, buy the shoes, that kind of attitude. Mm -hmm. But then that doesn't lead me where I want to go either. Because if I do that for too long, then I'm like, man, there's no structure. There's no, there is, it feels like it's not sustainable because it's like, if I do, if I indulge every whim, like I'm going to be eating dessert after every meal. I can't like for some of us, that is like, we, you know, who have more of a tendency towards liking sweets, like that's a real problem. We can't just like Mm -hmm. indulge every single, like that wouldn't be healthy either. Anyways, it's just a challenge to know what to do there and how to hold the tension of both of those realities and pursue health as whole people. Mm -hmm. What do you tell women who come to you with those types of concerns and, and difficulties? Well, I think you're right. I think we can really feel betrayed by our bodies. Like I can't trust myself and there's only so much we can keep on trying until we exhaust our willpower mm-hmm. and willpower is not going to be enough to keep us away from the cookies or that kind of thing. I kind of one of the health story things too, is I was very much carb heavy sweets. I felt like I could not keep away from sweets. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed that extra fix too. But one of the things that I just want to offer is encouragement to women. Sometimes we think, oh, it's all about our willpower when really there can be some very physical underlying reasons that we may not be able to control ourselves. So we may have an imbalance in blood sugar. We're not, or we haven't set ourselves up for the day by eating a balanced enough breakfast. And so that just leaves our blood sugar going up and down and up and down or have some insulin resistance going on, vitamin mineral deficiencies, and we're fighting a battle with not enough weapons. Um, yeah, we have, we're not wearing our armor. And, and we even take that to the point of, I, I do believe that we need to pray about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes the things that we, we pray so hard about and oh, Lord, I'm just so irritable with my kids. I'm so snappy. Help me to not be angry anymore. I just need your help. Sometimes there's some very practical solutions that he's already mm-hmm. given us that we need to look to and see, yeah. okay, where can I help myself from a physical standpoint? And that's where I was dealing with. I was like, I, I can't, I can't stand myself anymore, but I was, it, it was, it did boil down to a lot of physical things and not mm-hmm. that I don't still have temptations, but it was completely different than I used to have, um, to, to snap and to be irritable. And I can kind of tell when I haven't had enough, uh, nurture of my own body and when I'm more likely to, to be like that. So, yeah, that makes so much sense that, you know, that we do tend towards 
well, not all of us, but I, I can see that in my, in my past. Uh, yeah. Like you said, praying through some of the symptoms that we mm-hmm. might actually be ourselves causing with the way we're choosing to live or mm-hmm. eat. And even yes. if it's like, you know, now if you stay up every single night till 1am and yet, you know, your toddler is going to get you up at yeah. six thirty or seven and you wonder why you're so irritable and so frustrated every day. It's like, well, come on. I mean, you're making a choice that is you're tired every single day. Like you're, you're already starting off behind when yes, that's going to be a battle that you need prayer and God's help for to get through that day with your toddler, but you could sure help yourself by getting more sleep. You know, you could still get yourself to a better jumping off point if you weren't already starting off behind. And that's, I think what you're saying with how we eat and how we choose to fuel our bodies is, Mm -hmm. is, you know, setting ourselves up for success. And it doesn't mean like, like you said, it doesn't mean we're saying there's, I don't need spiritual help and God doesn't help me. I'll help myself with how I'm going to eat. It just Mm -hmm. means that he gave us minds and he gave us the ability to learn about our bodies and learn about foods and, and recognize that we all have different needs and to respond accordingly. So, yes, absolutely. And I'm really glad you brought up, brought up the part about rest because that's one of the things that I address because I, when I work with my clients, we look at the whole person perspective. I don't just talk about food. We talk about environment, lifestyle, and, and many different factors. But rest is one of those things that if we haven't had sufficient rest at night, our body's stress hormones are going to be an overdrive and we are going to need more sugar to keep us fueled. We're going to be in this constant state of fight or flight and not we can't rest and relax and um, our, our reproductive hormones are going to be off and everything. And so we do. We kind of have to start the night before you're right yeah. by going to bed in time. And if we have struggles with that, maybe that's even something that's something I help my clients work through. Maybe why they can't go to sleep. Why are they struggling with insomnia? And that might be a better thing to start off with some sleeping pattern changes versus even working on the actual food piece. Sometimes we start with that first um, mm-hmm. or sometimes they they kind of feed each other. But Yeah. So to the woman who kind of is like, would say that she errs on the side of anxiety over food and, and does worry about what she's eating or does worry about how she's feeding her family or, or what ingredients are in things and is always checking labels and is always very aware of those types of things and knows that about herself and maybe knows that she errs a little sometimes on the side of either I'm kind of like, uh, I'm, I'm bad if I don't eat this way, or I'm good if I do eat this way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that person from from your perspective and where you how you approach that these issues? What would be your kind of call up and out to her or her your encouragement to her? First of all, to take a deep breath and know that her worth is not based upon how she feeds her family or feeds herself. Um, to rest in the grace of God, and that's sometimes easier said than done. But then a humble approach and even in prayer asking lord help me to be able to see my body as a tool for you and help me to be able to think through this with your perspective so maybe even just picking certain if she's trying to make changes and sometimes people are faced with things all at once they realize i want to live a healthy lifestyle so i'm just going to go like get on my horse and ride off in all directions and what time at one time um pick one or two things that you want to change, but get your family's input on it too. Sometimes that, and especially your husband, sometimes it helps give you a balanced perspective and more than just pulling your friends and more realistic perspective of what would this look like for my whole family? So I'm kind of talking to moms here, but what would this look like for my whole family to be like this and not just me? Mm -hmm. Um, How can we make this a family centered approach 
that is what I call sustainable. You've already brought up that word, something that we can do for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that buy-in, often it's going to create tension within a marriage and some resentment from children as well, especially if they're a little bit older and they've already been in certain uh, Mm -hmm. lifestyle habits. So you're going to have resentment from them and you're going to have this warring within yourself. And so I think coming, deciding together, what, what are some changes that we could make and start small and build upon that. Um, Mm -hmm. Start with one or two steps, maybe just start with breakfast or maybe start with snacks or something that's not as threatening and then build from there. Oh, snacks are very threatening in my household. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I feel like snacks, snacks would be my, my, snacks would be my front, my final frontier. <laughs> okay. okay. Maybe, maybe we won't start there for you. Um, but oh, start, starting with the foundation of breakfast and even in hydration is another thing I talk to my clients mm-hmm. about. Sometimes we, women come to me and they're nowhere near where their, their goal would be to hydrate themselves mm-hmm. or they're living off of coffee and that type of thing. Uh, so we start with just getting yeah. enough fluid and good, clear pure water or herbal teas in throughout the day. And that can kind of give us more of a clear mindset Mm -hmm. and perspective about food because sometimes we're not necessarily hungry. We're actually thirsty and our bodies are getting the signals mixed up. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, I mean, that's kind of an important practical step. But I think selecting just a few areas to focus in and maybe just one can help us. Um, One other thing, a tool that I use for my clients that I developed was what I call my mental decluttering guide. And it's available for download on my website. But it helps women who have all these different thoughts in their minds of different things that they want to be doing, they feel like they should be doing, um, and a more systematic process of how to work through that and to distill it into a concrete plan that works for you and for your family. Mm-hmm. And that might be something that women could work through who are trying to make lots of changes and asking for input from other people and make that into more of a concrete action plan a little bit at a time versus feeling like you're conquering everything at once. Yeah. And then giving in because it's impossible. Right. Yeah. So just a little bit at a time. It's most one degree of change can make such a huge difference in your life Mm -hmm. um, because one can lead to another. And if you build upon that, then it will, it will start to add up over time. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I know we know that, but it is, it is still very true. And that what is the ultimate, think about what's the ultimate end goal that you want what do you, what are you going after? Like what character qualities and what would lasting health feel like for you? So that's one of the questions I ask women, what is your goal in this health pursuit? What do you want from it? And if it's the end just is to have a healthy body, then that's never going to be enough motivation to make changes um, because it has to be something greater than that. So maybe some, for some people it's, I want to be around for my kids. Um, I don't have enough energy to even go with them to their sports events right now. Or for some older women, I don't have enough energy to travel with my husband or to enjoy my grandkids. And so figuring out what your end result is and, and thinking that through also can help us make sure that we are aligning our actions right now with the end goal that we want to achieve. Yeah, that's good. So then what about for the woman who feels like she tends more towards the apathetic uh, approach to diet and nutrition and is just like, you know, I, yeah, cool, but I just, I can't get on board. And, you know, I, I, my lunch is whatever is left over from my toddler and it is what it is. Like, I'm too busy to care about that now. Um, I, I don't have time for caring so much about what I'm eating or, or buying healthier foods. Like I just, I can't deal. Like, what would you say to her? So some of that, what I just mentioned would certainly apply Mm -hmm. in terms of the one degree of change, but 
Also remembering that sooner or later, if we don't take time for nurturing our bodies and taking care of them now, then we're going to pay for it later. So we either pay now or we pay later. Mm -hmm. And I think realizing the cost of that, some people may have examples and particularly women would look to their mothers and maybe aunts and things like that and grandmothers and to see what is their health like. And so you kind of know a little bit of your health history and health heritage. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that helps us to think, okay, I can make a difference. And what I kind of talked to some of the women I work with about building a heritage of wholesome instead of, and I use the word wholesome versus healthy because I think it's a different mindset, wholesome being the whole person perspective Mm -hmm. um, and realistic view of health. But again, small changes can add up and that you, you can make changes that last, but it just, I think you also are going to have to realize your why with that one. Um, What would motivate you to, to make a step. And one of the things I've been doing recently, and it kind of feels so silly, but there's some other changes I've had to make in my life, like keeping my kitchen clean because it used to be a disaster and I never felt like I could, I could keep it clean. And it really bothered me because I like clear surfaces. I like to be able to walk into the kitchen in the morning. It'd be completely clean. And so I have more inspiration to start the day. And mm-hmm. I felt defeated with that for about 13, 14 years of my life. Like it, I never was making changes. And so I just started one day, I started cleaning my kitchen and I took a picture that night of what it felt like. And I looked at the picture the next day and I I did it again. And then I got up the next morning and I did it again. And a little bit at a time throughout the day that I wouldn't um, like let dirty dishes stay on the counter. And so throughout the process, I was telling myself, Bethany, you're doing a really good job. I'm so proud of you for just going ahead and cleaning that pan instead of putting it to the side. Or that was great that you went ahead and vacuumed up the flour you got all over the floor. Um, so I'm doing some self-talk, which to me feels really funny and awkward, but I could not look to other people for the inspiration that I needed myself. I had to provide my own motivation. Um, and I couldn't even blame it. Well, my husband's not giving me enough encouragement. Well, that's not it's not his place. He can if he wants to, but I have to be able to be the one to accept yeah. responsibility for my own actions. And yeah. I think I, I always wanted someone else to be the one to kind of push me along um, instead of just taking responsibility. And then our family as a whole celebrating with me. So I would say, I would tell my kids, I'm so proud of myself. I look at this. Doesn't it feel good to be in a clean kitchen? I am so thrilled that we were able to do this. So the first week I was like, well, let's have a family fun night. It's Friday night. It's fun. Let's make something fun together. And actually even started a new tradition that we have been celebrating for the past eight weeks or so. We now have a family fun night and it's a time to celebrate everyone's accomplishments that week. So Mm -hmm. celebrating the accomplishments that we've achieved is is important. I think actually I heard you mention this the other day on, an, on another podcast, but I was like, that that's true. We need to. And I, I'm so glad. I mean, I've been doing that. I'm trying to help my clients. So when we meet together, one of the first things I want to remember to ask them, I, I may forget sometimes, but what went really well for you this week? Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of like, where, where are you messing up? Where have you failed? It's like, what, what did you do well? What do you want to continue doing? What are mm-hmm. some small changes that you've made that you think you know, that really worked for me. I'm, I'm going to keep up. And sometimes they'll say, well, nothing. And then we'll start digging. I'm like, well, you chose to eat breakfast every day, or you, you actually increased your water amount, like by another glass or every day. That was, that was good. Or you kept up with taking the vitamins that you needed um, for seven out of eight days. That's a big change for you. We need to call out those small accomplishments and to recognize that and um, to give ourselves credit for it when we do accomplish something. Yeah, that's all really good. Yeah, I like the idea that you need to you need to provide your own inspiration 
mm-hmm. kind of, you can't, it's not going to be lasting if you look to somebody else. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I, I need inspiration. So who I'm going to go to Pinterest. I'm going to go look and see like, or, or even just on my Instagram, I'm just going to look at, at somebody and go, okay, this is what I'm going for. And now I've got this new image of um, what success or what health looks like for me or what perfection yeah. looks like. And they are bombard- bombarding us from every direction all the time, all day you know, mm-hmm. TV, even podcasts, even, even good things. It's, you know, other people's stories, other people's solutions they found to their own lives. We go, okay, well, I want that to be my solution. Yes. And without actually asking, like, is that really, is that really right for you? And exactly. And it's hard because like you said, it, we're not talking about something like with scripture, there is only one word of God and it's inerrant. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, you know, our broken fallen bodies that are affected by sin and do need different treatments for the various illnesses and diseases that affect us on this side yes. of heaven, mm-hmm. which is just unfortunate, but it is one of the results of the fall. And so I should ask you, like, how do you engage that tension of, we know that someday we will have glorified bodies, but mm-hmm. we don't yet have them. Like, how do you work with women? Cause I feel like that's a very hard place to walk with people, especially those who are dealing with very real autoimmune diseases and really challenging health issues. That's a hard line to walk of like, we're going to work on this, but we know that it can't save you or that it won't actually ever be perfect in this right. life. Yes, that tension between the already and the not yet mm-hmm. is very real. And I'm not going to pretend that I've walked in the shoes of someone who's had a very significant autoimmune disease. Um, I know I have a strong family history of that, and I have had some elevated antibodies and that kind of thing. So I'm not trying to pretend that I've lived in someone's shoes like that. But one of the things I think about, and I, I go back to a writing by a man named J.R. Miller, who wrote kind of a, a passage called Wholesome or Unwholesome Living. And I kind of found this actually after I'd named my business ingrained and the tagline is wholesome living naturally, but it just was a precious passage to me about what, what does wholesome living look like? And I think about that in terms of those women who are dealing with chronic diseases. And one of the things he said is that oftentimes radiant souls live in diseased and suffering bodies, but there may be many a person whose bodily health is excellent, but they have a very unwholesome disposition. Mm-hmm. And so I think it is the grace of the Lord to allow us to be joyful and cheerful in the midst of our suffering, because I would think you would have experienced the same thing I have, that some of the most radiant and joyful Christians I've ever met have been people who have chronic diseases or emotional challenges as well, who choose to offer that up to the Lord as a as an offering and to bless other people versus being so focused on themselves that they are consumed with that and they can't, they can't love and give to other people. Yeah. Um, but from practical standpoint, sometimes we kind of have to boil this down. When I talk about wholesome living. There are seven foundations, and this is one of the things that I'm actually building an entire course upon that will launch in the end of March. Mm-hmm. But I look at more than just nourishing our bodies and movement, which are two of my foundations, but we also look at creating and connecting and resting and purifying and culturing. I can't remember if there's anything. I might have forgotten one of them. But in the midst of our fallen state our bodies that are broken and it's not supposed to be like that Mm -hmm. um, we can still 
we can still enjoy creating things. So um, one of the things I challenge my clients to do is to find something that you love to do creatively. We are made in the image of God who is a creator. For some people that may be music or they may enjoy art. Um, I've been dabbling in a little bit of watercolor recently and that's just been fun for me. Um, And I've also taken back up playing piano and I'm never going to be a concert pianist, but Mm -hmm. something I I really enjoy, or for some people that might be creating order um, on a spreadsheet or in a house or um, creating a beautiful tablescape. So making our environment something that is beautiful and lovely, that can be very healing in itself, I think, mm-hmm. and, and reflection of our creator God. Some people have uh, beautiful gardens and, and things like that, which I don't have a green thumb, so I'm a little envious, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but we do what we can do. Um, and for also for connecting with other people, so from a wholesome lifestyle perspective, health would mean that you take time to, to be with other people as much as possible and to develop emotional connections that are not through the screen necessarily, um, or face-to-face contact with people, being hospitable, um, even if it's just sharing a cup of tea with someone. Or I know of a, a woman who has a, a beautiful ministry of writing letters of encouragement to other and younger women. So those are practices that are, are wholesome in our lifestyle, even though we may not be able to do a lot with um, the strength of our bodies. What do you? What is something that you hear from your clients over and over again that they are surprised by when they start this process with you? Well, some of the some of the common things that I hear is that I'm I'm so surprised how much better I feel. Mm. They did not. I did not realize how much food it affected me. That I hear that often, and they had thought or doctors had said that nutrition had nothing to do with their health. So I even had one of my very first clients was a woman who had who has ulcerative colitis, which is an autoimmune condition affecting the colon. And she had almost died about six months before we started working together. And the Lord just uh, brought us together at a a mops group where I was speaking. And she was doing all like all the right things. She was going to the extremes to make everything from scratch. And she was showing me up. But when we found out what worked for her body in terms of a very calming food plan, she was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe how much better I feel and how much food really does affect me. I wish... I wish more people knew this information. Mm-hmm. So that's a very common thing that I hear of just food like, is medicine, wow, right? Food is medicine. I didn't realize I could feel this much mm-hmm. better. And it's just, we're st- especially when we're just starting out with food. Yeah. That's been a very common, yeah. common story. How would someone know if they need nutrition counseling? Like what would be some markers in their life that they, they might be able to go, yeah, that, that sounds like me. And maybe that could help me. Yes. So, you know, in, the, in the, my big fat Greek wedding, there's the grandfather who has a bottle of Windex and he uh-huh. thinks that, you know, Windex can heal everything. I love it. Um, yeah. And I, I kind of think about that sometimes in terms of nutrition, because I really think that nutrition relates to so many things in our lives. And so it's more likely for us to think, what does nutrition not relate to than than what does it relate to? Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of, uh, we already talked about the overwhelmed feeling. When, it w- when would it be time to kind of hire somebody to help you? And that is when we are to the point where we're confused. We don't know where to turn. We're getting more stressed out of our health than we are finding answers. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's when it's nice to have someone step in as a guide for you who's been through that path before, mm-hmm. who has an idea and understanding about how to interpret your labs and your your lifestyle factors and things like that to help you make a plan Mm -hmm. and to walk with you and journey with you. So I often tell my clients, it's not, we're not going to meet together one time. 
usually we're going to be working together over a course of time, um, months, mm-hmm. sometimes even a little bit longer than that for people, sometimes nine months to a year even before we get things really regulated. But someone who has an autoimmune condition, for sure, um, number one thing I would say nutrition impacts that completely. And what we need to do is to work to help your body calm down and take a deep breath because there is hope of you feeling better and having more energy. Um, someone with GI conditions like IBS, a lot of my clients have that um, struggle of they can't make it from the table to the bathroom or they travel with a, a, a kit in their purse because they're not sure the next time they're going to need it. Um, they can't trust their own bodies. Um, that type of condition certainly responds very well to your nutritional therapy, anxiety, and um, depression. A lot of those, there's a major connection between our GI tract, our gut, and our brain. Um, So that's a huge connection there. Any type of reproductive female hormone issues, infertility, there's a huge connection between nutrition, especially before women start on this deep, expensive path often of fertility treatment and or other hormonal interventions. It's let's start with the basics and there's often so much to be gleaned from that. So some people can do well with a kind of a generalized nutrition approach. Like that's why I'm going to be offering in my program of just let's get some basic foundational knowledge, but then sometimes it is time if the basic foundational knowledge is not enough for you. And then it's time to move forward a little bit more in depth and to really zoom in on your, your unique condition and uh, kind of help you find a, a pathway out of that. Cool. Yeah, that's all. That's really awesome. I think you're, you're in a place that has a lot of need and a lot of opportunity for you to really, you know, really change people's minds and lives, you know, I mean, and it, and it does start a lot of times, I think like what you're, what you're getting at is like, it starts so much further back than just what you're putting into your mouth. Like that's, that's kind of like the, the last thing that, um, that is, that is often the outcome of so many other things, whether that's your health heritage, like you mentioned, I love that concept or your mental state or your spiritual state. So I love that you're kind of integrating all of that together. Yes. Yes. Really I, cool. It is a wonderful place to be. And I think it's, for me, it's been a way that I can share the love of Christ with women sitting across the table for me too. I'm just, I really enjoy being able to hear their stories because story is important. And I want people to know and women to know that they are valued and they are loved and created mm-hmm. by God and that they are worth, they are worth it. They're worth their time and effort to take care of their bodies. And that, yeah. um, one thing I, I kind of like to close with telling people that we joyfully and humbly take care of our bodies so that in everything we may adorn the doctrine of Christ, our savior. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Good reminders, all of them. Oh yes. And then how can people find you? Where do they, where do they find connect with you online? Well, my home on the internet is ingrainedliving.com. That's how people can take their first step toward a sustainably wholesome lifestyle and to rewriting their health story. Mm-hmm. Showing up a little bit more often these days on Instagram at ingrained living. And then my food blog, if you're interested in some fun and wholesome recipes, is a spoonful of yum. Full has two L's. But I'd love to have people um, journey along and join our ingrained community. And um, also, I should be able to offer a discount to any of your listeners for our Wholesome Foundations program um, coming up at the end of March. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we'd be happy to share about that. Well, thank you so much, Bethany. I really appreciate you sharing your um, wisdom and just what you're learning and how you're helping women. It's awesome. And I'm excited to connecting with you further outside of this interview. That sounds great. Well, I appreciate very much the opportunity to share. And as I say, here's to wholesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bethany. You're welcome, Haley. And you have a good afternoon. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. 
All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to that conversation. Don't forget to tune in next week to a conversation with Abigail Dodds. She is author of the book, A Typical Woman, and Abigail and I have a very powerful conversation on what it means to be a woman in 2019, in today, and in the world, and in this in this current age. So it's an amazingly just... Uh, encouraging and I think truth-filled conversation. It was encouraging for me even listening to it over again, which I do with each episode. So I hope you will tune back in next Monday. And until then, I hope you have an awesome week. Okay. See you soon.